Grace and peace to you from God the Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. I'm Nader Mansour and I pray this message will draw you closer to Jesus. We're going to be talking about the angel and the dragon. That's the title of our study. And uh, you might uh, be thinking perhaps uh, what this might be about. We're going to be talking about prophecy, especially in light of what's happening around us today in the world. Uh, you know, this, this year already started with a lot of momentous events already. We're, we're uh, only the first month of the year, two, three weeks into the year, and already momentous events are happening. The question is, can you discern? And can you see when prophecy is actually fulfilling before your eyes? Because this week, just this week in the inauguration of the US, uh, new US president uh, who was just installed into office, we have a very interesting aspect relating to fulfillment of prophecy. We are indeed nearing home. We are nearing the end. We're seeing this power represented in the book of Revelation under a symbol of a, of a beast power rising out of the earth uh, begin more and more to exercise its power towards speaking as a dragon. I'm going to look at that a little bit because uh, this power in Revelation 13, uh, it starts off as a, as a lamb-like beast, we are told, but it ends up like a dragon. Let's look at what it says here, Revelation 13 and verse 11. Here's what it says. And I beheld another beast coming up out of the earth, and he had two horns like a lamb, and he spake as a dragon. So here is this other beast, there is a previous beast in, in the earlier part of Revelation 13, but here is this other beast uh, coming up out of the earth. He has two horns like a lamb. And we understand this, of course, to be a symbol in prophecy of none other than the, uh, the US, the United States, the power the, of, of this nation and uh, established on these two pr principles of uh, republicanism, Protestantism, and, and these two horns like a lamb, very peaceful, very mild in its commencement, but it actually uh, progresses and begins to speak as a dragon. It starts well, but it ends up speaking as a dragon. Now, of course, the dragon is mentioned in the same chapter. The dragon is a symbol for Satan. Now, just doing a, a brief review here to, to just refresh in our minds some of these things and just to see how late we are in the time frame and in the chronology of end time events and how awake we really should be. There are, there are a couple of very practical uh, applications and takeaways that I want to encourage you with and, and uh, appeal to you with at the end of this, but I really want us to see and set the scene for the lateness of the hour. Can we really discern when we see prophecy fulfilling before our eyes? Like I said, this week, whoever was discerning, you could have seen it straight away. And it's not just this week that it happened. It's been, it's been fulfilling and it's been happening more and more progress as, as time is progressing. It's even... Uh, easier to discern as time is progressing, but you need to have spiritual discernment. You need to be able to understand the prophecies and see what it's talking about. Uh, a little earlier, like we said, uh, this, uh, uh, this second uh, beast that comes up is second to a previous one in a little, uh, a little earlier in the chapter he was mentioned. That's the beast uh, that comes out uh, of the sea where the dragon actually gives him something. And, and this is what we're told about this beast. And we're going to compare them a little bit uh, between the two. We're going to go back and forth between the two and notice what it says about it. Revelation 13, verse 2, it says, And the beast which I saw was like unto a leopard, and his feet were as the feet of a bear, and his mouth as the mouth of a lion. And the dragon gave him his power and his seat and great authority. Now, this, of course, here is this beast that rises out of the sea. And we understand this to be none other then uh, the papal system, the Roman Catholic system, is represented here in prophecy under the symbol of this beast. 
and he is empowered. And this is where I want to focus here on, because the dragon mentioned here in the book of Revelation is really a symbol for Satan. And the dragon here, according to this verse, actually gives this beast, gives this system, gives this power. He gives him three things. He gives him his power, he gives him his seat, and he gives him great authority. I just want us to ponder these three points here briefly for a minute. The power that is exercised by this beast is satanic power. The seat of this beast is the seat of Satan. The great authority that this beast, this power exercises and carries in the world is actually coming directly from Satan. I don't want us to miss these three important points because this, this sounds like it's alarming today. When you think about the papal system or the Roman Catholic system, and this is not uh, some kind of a new uh, modern interpretation. This is something that was actually understood by, uh, by Christians, uh, prophecy studying Christians down through the ages for, for hundreds and hundreds of years. I understood the papal system to be a power that will be used uh, for deception in the last days, identified with the Antichrist. So this is not like we're trying to put people down, but the system itself, according to prophecy, is revealed to be the reality of it is revealed to be what it doesn't appear as to us. To us, it appears, and to the world, it appears as this uh, fantastic, Christian, benevolent, loving, uh, great uh, system. But behind the scenes, prophecy reveals to us what is really going on. And this is what we want to uncover a little bit, where now Satan, the dragon, actually gives this power or gives this system his own power. The seat of Satan is right there and great authority and influence in this world. Well, if you, if you know anything about what's going on in this world, you know that this is exactly what is going on. This, this tiny uh, nation, considered as a, as a sovereign independent nation, uh, right there in the Vatican, exercises incredible authority and power over the kings of this earth, over the world, over the nations and countries of this world. Uh, it's the only church power, or it's the only, the ch it's the only church really, that is both a, a church system and also a political system, an actual nation church. Think about that. Satan has much to do with that. So with that idea, with that thought in mind, which is a, which is a little bit of a review, like I said, uh, prophecy goes on to tell us that there is a collusion uh, a partnership between these two beasts or these two powers mentioned in Revelation chapter 13. We saw that we started with the second one, the USA. We briefly reviewed the first one, uh, the, the Roman system. And we also saw who is standing behind the scenes. And the purpose of it has to do with worship, as we shall see. So let's look at the next verse and see what this presents us with in Revelation 13 and verse 12. And he now going back to the second beast, and he exercises all the power of the first beast before him and causeth the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast whose deadly wound was healed. Again, I think there are certain highlights here that I really want to pinpoint. We might be familiar with this chapter, with this passage, with this explanation, interpretation, but there are certain key elements I really want to focus on because they are really coming to a head and becoming very apparent in this day and age. Now, today in 2021, here we are, the beginning of the year, and already we're seeing a lot of it as, as, as we will share. But the point here is this, the second beast exercises the power of the first beast. Well, think about it. What is the power of the first beast? The power of the first beast was actually given by the dragon, by Satan, satanic power. And the dragon is known to exercise deception for the purpose of worship. And as it tells us here, he causes the earth and them which dwell therein to worship the first beast. So the issue now, uh, to, to spell it out plainly, is an issue of worship in the last days 
using deception, using satan satanic power, the, the seat of Satan, great authority in the world, to exercise deception to accomplish worship. He causes the earth and them which dwell therein, global, a global issue of worship is the, the, the final battle in the revealed in the book of Revelation. This is what's happening, a global issue of worship. So that uh, straight away tells you that the issue in the last days is not the issue over a vaccine, okay? There's a lot of talk about the vaccine. People are getting very distracted by the vaccine. Okay, that's all good and well. But the issue, as far as the book of Revelation is concerned, is an issue of worship. And this worship goes to the first beast. And this first beast has his power and authority from the dragon. In other words, it has to do with dragon worship. The deception in the last days is over worship, worship that goes to the dragon. Of course, the dragon is not going to try and convince people to worship him openly. Ex uh, he will exercise deception. He will exercise uh, subterfuge. He will exercise uh, things that will appear one way, but in reality, behind the scenes, it's something else. We have to be mindful of that. This is what prophecy tells us. And the, the scope of this and the influence and the reach of this is a global reach. It's, it's on a global level. This is going to be for the whole earth. This is not just an isolated pocket here or an isolated nation somewhere there. This is actually for the whole earth. So like I said, this week we saw a glimpse of this union between these two powers where the second beast uh, you know, exercises the power of the first beast and there's this collusion and this union. Many people in the world might have missed it, but I hope maybe you didn't miss it. Let me, let me put that up and see if we can, uh, if we can get this. Uh, going here. So this was the opening prayer for the inauguration of uh, the new president of the U.S. Gracious and merciful God, at this sacred time we come before you in need, indeed on our knees. But we come still more with hope and with our eyes raised anew to the vision of a more perfect union in our land a union of all our citizens to promote the general welfare and secure the blessings of liberty to ourselves and our posterity. Pope Francis has reminded us how important it is to dream together. By ourselves, he wrote, we risk seeing mirages, things that are not there. Dreams, on the other hand, are built together. Be with us, holy mystery of love, as we dream together. Help us under our new president to reconcile the people of our land, restore our dream and invest it with peace and justice and the joy that is the overflow of love. To the glory of your name forever, amen. Okay, so this was the opening prayer for the inauguration of uh, the new president of the US, Joe Biden. And this prayer was offered by uh, this Jesuit priest, this uh, father. And I hope you paid attention to what was said in the prayer. That's why I, I wanted to play that so that you can actually hear it for yourself. Uh, he invokes the Pope, he quotes the Pope, and he actually uh, invokes the holy mystery of love 
This is talking about none other than the Trinity. This is the God that is worshiped in Rome. So that makes sense. This is not rocket science. It's pretty straightforward. But he invokes that in his prayer. And this is a Jesuit priest offering a prayer at the inauguration of the second Catholic president installed in the United States. So here you see a fulfillment of prophecy, a collusion between the second power, the second beast, and the first beast. And this collusion, actually, the Pope is right there. He's invoked, he's, he's, he's talked about. And it has to do with the God that is being worshipped. This is the God that is prayed to. This is the God that is invoked. Let me tell you plainly, let me tell you straight. This has nothing to do with the God of the Bible, okay? Even if it uses biblical terms here and there, it has nothing to do with the God of the Bible. This is the false worship that the book of Revelation reveals to us in the last days that is going to be perpetrated on the world through a means of a deception, a global deception that will cause the whole world and all the men and women that, were, that are therein to worship the first beast, to pay homage to the first beast. And in so doing, they pay homage and worship to the power that raised that beast, which is the dragon behind the scenes. This is the issue really we're dealing with. So uh, the Pope uh, is well aware of, of what's going on as well, because uh, the news reports actually reveal that to us. Here is, uh, here is what we are told about that. Uh, just a few news articles. This is from the Irish Post. This is just uh, January 22. So this is current. This is now, just the, just the other day. Pope Francis backs Joe Biden to unite America despite U.S. Catholic Church backlash over pro-choice abortion stance. So the Pope approves greatly of Joe Biden. Here is this collusion, very apparent. Here's another one. Uh, Pope Francis calls on US President Biden to foster reconciliation and peace. Does that remind you of a verse in Thessalonians uh, that talks about uh, when they shall say peace and safety, then sudden destruction comes upon them? You, you're familiar with that? Here's what we're seeing here. Uh, a collusion between these two powers for the purpose of appearing as very peaceful, uniting, happy, one big happy family. And, and why don't we all even worship the same God? Fantastic. But behind the scenes, the book of Revelation reveals that this is a satanic ploy. Don't fall for it. Now, it's interesting because so many times people today say, well, you know, we talk about the issue of worship and who we worship. That's a side issue. Not according to the book of Revelation, it's not. That's not a side issue. Who you worship is the core issue in the last days. And we have to know and understand that. This week, we saw that fulfilling before our very eyes. Prophecy fulfilling. I really wonder how many people picked up on it and how many people missed it. They just heard it and thought, yeah, that's great. Look at this fantastic prayer. What a great idea. You, 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 uh, uniting together union after, after you know, Trump and uh, people. People have mixed feelings about the whole thing. You know, uh, Trump, oh, he was bad news. And now Biden's here with great news and, and people will feel the opposite. And there's all this turmoil. And now there's this push, this attempt towards unity and peace and harmony. There's someone pulling the strings behind the scenes. And it has to do with the issue of worship. It actually has to do with the Trinity. We're not making this stuff up, okay? We're not trying to promote the issue of, of the Trinity and say, look, this is, this is more important than it really is. It's right there in the headlines. I'll, I'll, we'll see it as we go along. Here's another one. Uh, this is from the National Catholic Register. Under President Biden, Vatican-US relations are poised to shift dramatically. And they're going to shift dramatically towards the better because uh, if, you, if you're aware, uh, Pope Francis and, uh, was not a fan of Donald Trump. Okay, They clashed, whereas Biden is actually a subject of the Pope. He is a Roman Catholic. Okay, So keep that in mind. Uh, let's, let's go back to, uh, to a few verses now as we put, put all, all of this together. Because uh, like we said, deception is the means of accomplishing this global agenda of worship. The United States is the global superpower, politically, militarily. Uh, the Vatican 
is the global religious power, and it's also a political power. And this collusion will accomplish this purpose, as Revelation 13 points out very clearly. Revelation 13, verse 13 and 14, and he doeth great wonders, so that he maketh fire come down from heaven on the earth in the sight of men, and deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of those miracles which he had power to do in the sight of the beast, saying to them that dwell on the earth that they should make an image to the beast which had the wound by a sword and did live. So this is the this is the, the picture we get from, from this particular verse. Doing great wonders, doing signs, but the one I want to focus on here is in verse 14. It says, and he deceiveth them that dwell on the earth by the means of these miracles. So this is the point. There is going to be an issue of worship that is going to be uh, pushed through deception. In other words, in the last days, you really, really have to be aware that you cannot take things at face value. You have to understand that what you see on the on the TV, what you see on the screens, what you hear in the news, what, what appears to be a certain way cannot be taken at face value according to the book of Revelation. If you believe prophecy, you have to understand that there is a different agenda happening behind the scenes, different to what is coming out of the mouth. What appears to be very nice, very fantastic, very good news is actually a satanic agenda. Now, I say this uh, mindful of the fact that this, this sounds like craziness to a lot of people. I'm just telling you what the prophecy says. This is what revelation reveals to us. And if we understand prophecy, this is the only way really to interpret what's going around us, what is happening all around us. We see this agenda progressing more and more and more. Deception over worship. Now, this is confirmed that this is the issue. And some people say, well, you know, you're trying to really push your point here. This is not, the, the Trinity is not an issue in the last days. It most definitely is. Because actually, if you look at the Pope and the Pope's recent encyclicals, they actually mentioned this very particular point. It has to do with worship. This is the God that is worshipped. I want to read a couple of them for you uh, from his most recent encyclicals. He has three, but the, the last two, uh, the last one is, is actually this last year only uh, in 2020, in October of 2020. Uh, here is what it talks about. And I want to uh, quote from it briefly. Uh, this is his encyclical Fratelli Tutti. Now, an encyclical of the Pope is, is, like, is an apostolic uh, letter. Uh, of instruction. Uh, they are very authoritative. Uh, they, they equate them to the, to the epistles of like Paul, the apostle in the scriptures. Okay, this is how it's, uh, it's, it's treated. And uh, this is October 3. And this is a direct quote from this particular uh, encyclical. Here is what he says. If we go to the ultimate source of that love, which is the very life of the triune God, we encounter in the community of the three divine persons the origin and perfect model of all life in society. Theology continues to be enriched by its reflection on this great truth. So the great model for society is this triune God, this trinity. And what happens in society and the issues in society, trying to resolve them, trying to come to peace, harmony, you know, unity, all of that stems from the triune God, according to the Pope. So it, it makes sense now, you understand, when the Jesuit priest prays at the inauguration of the president of the U.S., and he prays to the holy mystery of love, he invokes the holy mystery of love. He's invoking the Trinity, and he actually quotes the Pope. When he says, the Pope tells us to dream, and we are to dream and accomplish this, and the God that will help us, and we're praying to, to accomplish this, is the Trinity. We invoke that. Amen. The collusion between the two powers. This is what's happening. Now, continuing in this particular uh, encyclical, at the end of the encyclical, the Pope actually offers a prayer. Here's what it says, an ecumenical Christian prayer. 
Notice who he prays to. O God, Trinity of love, from the profound communion of your divine life, pour out upon us a torrent of fraternal love. So that helps us understand who the Jesuit priest and, uh, you know, the one who prayed there at the inauguration, who he's talking about. This is the Trinity. It's none other than the Trinity. This is in 2020. That was in the encyclical. But here's another encyclical from 2015, his previous one. And this is Laudato Si encyclical. And where he touches a lot on uh, the, the issues of climate and nature and climate change and, and the, caring for our environment. This is also what he has to say about it, relating to the God that is worshipped. Everything is interconnected, and this invites us to develop a spirituality of that global solidarity, which flows from the mystery of the Trinity. So this union, this global solidarity, this global union, spiritually, which has to do with worship, actually, comes from or flows from the mystery of the Trinity. That's what Rome says. Remember, Rome was given its power, its seat, great authority by the dragon. The worship that goes to Rome, to, to that beast, is actually worshiped to the dragon, according to Revelation 13. And we're told that in the last days, a second power will arise, the United States. He'll begin speaking like a dragon. He will exercise deception and enforce an issue of worship that is globally, and it has to do with the Trinity. And lo and behold, we see at the inauguration of the U.S. president this week, as he's a Roman Catholic, his, uh, his inauguration starts with a prayer by a Jesuit priest, and he invokes, he talks about Pope Francis, and he invokes the Trinity at that prayer prophecy fulfilling before our eyes. And then people say, well, you know, you're trying to make an issue of, of the Trinity. The Trinity is a non-issue in the last days. Well, if you think that, then you have missed something major in prophecy, because here it is right there from Revelation 13 and right there from the Pope himself. Now, we, uh, let's, uh, let's keep going, because today, when you talk about some of these things, people, like I said, they, they say, well, you know, uh, I'm not so sure about that. You know, let's just focus on what we know. Meaning, let's just talk about the Sabbath. It's interesting that you don't find the issue of the Sabbath and Sunday actually agitated and at the forefront when it comes to what the Pope says, as much as the God that is worshipped. Do you know why? Because the God that is worshipped in Rome is more important than on which day that God is worshipped. As a matter of fact, they worship on that day because they worship that God. They worship on the Sunday because they worship the sun God, the ancient sun God from Babylon. I'm not going to go into the details of trying to prove that. We've done that elsewhere in other videos. But, but the danger and the fear today is that, well, you know, you're trying to distract us and we need to talk about the real issues. Brothers and sisters, this is the real issue. This is not us trying to, uh, you know, promote what we feel uh, strongly about. This is not us trying to push our agenda. This is the real issue according to prophecy. I have to, I have to say it loud and clear. I have to spell it out. Uh, even though there might be danger, and I know there is danger. There is danger when you speak plainly these days. You know, people are speaking about, say, the virus uh, or people speaking about the vaccine and people are getting in trouble. People, uh, sometimes videos are getting removed, right? They're banned. The president, the previous president of the U.S., Donald Trump, he got banned from uh, uh, from Twitter and, and social media for saying things that wasn't agreed on. So speaking something that is uh, unpleasant or uh, where the majority don't like and getting silenced and shut down is, is a danger that exists today. I'm, I'm well aware of it. And uh, like I said, you know, the, the, these companies or these platforms are very diligent in finding any differing idea about the virus or the vaccine, whether it be doctor, whether it be this or whether it be that. And they, they just wipe it clean. They erase it. They, they eliminate it. Now, there is more danger about speaking about another topic that's even more dangerous than that. And here it is. Let me put it for you. This was from last year. Some of you might have already seen it, but very vital in this particular context. This is from, from a Zenit uh, <clears throat> news agency. And this is what it says. This is in June, right? June 2020. More than COVID, 
An anti-Trinitarian mentality is destroying humanity, suggests Cardinal Bo on Feast of Holy Trinity. So here is Cardinal Bo, a cardinal. That's a, that's a pretty impressive and high uh, position in the Roman Catholic system. And he says, what's actually more dangerous to the destruction of humanity than COVID, than the virus itself, is actually rejecting the Trinity. When he says anti-Trinitarian, he he's talking about or meaning anyone who rejects the Trinity. Why is that? Because this is the God of Rome. This is the God that the dragon gave them power, authority, and a seat in order to promote and influence the whole globe, the whole world. The whole world wanders after the beast. Not only that, but the second beast rises and he exercises the power of the first beast and promotes through deception the worship of the first beast, which is the same God. So anyone who opposes that, anyone who speaks against that, anyone who rejects that God is actually more dangerous to humanity than the virus that is the pandemic all over the world today. So you, you think it's dangerous to talk about the virus and the vaccine and careful? Well, guess what? Coming very soon. Already we see the warning signs. signs. You start speaking uh, against this global union and this God that is being worshipped globally and unitedly under the umbrella of Rome, which is none other than the Trinity, you start speaking against that, you're going to be in serious trouble, more trouble than the, because you, you're in more danger than uh, the virus and more trouble than you would be if you speak about, say, against the vaccine or whatever and so on. Because today even people... Uh, you know, make videos about the vaccine or uh, and suggesting maybe you should take the vaccine, maybe you shouldn't take the vaccine, maybe you should ask questions, maybe you should avoid it. And people who try and, uh, and uh, throw any negative light on the vaccine, they're eliminated. Just wait till uh, some of these issues come closer to home. So I'm aware that what we're sharing here on this video could get us in serious trouble. I'm aware of that. That's what I'm saying. It's a risk, but we have to we have to speak plainly the truth of God's word. It's a risk. One day someone might go dig up some video and oh look, he spoke against the God that is being worshipped. We grab them, kill them, whatever they want you want to do to them. This is this is something that is real, brothers and sisters. We have to consider that. We can't, we can't, you know, uh, joke around. We can't, you know, oh, well, let's just be careful just in case and, and hide our light. The issue is an issue of deception. There are many thousands, millions in this world who are being deceived into accepting something that is sold to them as being one thing when in reality it's totally different. Prophecy reveals what's going on behind the scenes and it's our job to declare that. So this warning is a serious one. And uh, the... Uh, the danger associated with that is we see that the second beast, he causes all the world to worship the first beast. And then it tells us he causes them to receive a mark in their forehead and talk about the mark of the beast. And many people talk about the mark of the beast and, oh, is the vaccine the mark of the beast? And is there going to be a chip in the vaccine? That is the mark of the beast. That's the conclusion some people are coming to. Let me tell you something. The mark of the beast has to do with worship. The vaccine is something that is distracting a lot of people. Don't be distracted by the issue of the vaccine. Yes, it. it, it, it it has its part. It, it can play a part. You know, if, if, if people are chipped, then that uh, is a mechanism of, you know, uh, controlling, uh, monitoring them. But the issue of the mark of the beast itself is an issue of worship. You can't miss that. We know this because the inverse in the book of Revelation is the seal of the living God. Now, let's look at the seal of the living God briefly here and make this comparison and, uh, and application here for us. Revelation 7, verse 2 and 3. And I saw another angel ascending from the east, having the seal of the living God. And he cried with a loud voice to the four angels to whom it was given to hurt the earth and the sea, saying, Hurt not the earth, neither the sea, nor the trees, till we have sealed the servants of our God in their foreheads. So this is the seal of the living God. It is received in the forehead. And it is given or uh, applied to those who are called the servants of our God. Now, the mark of the beast is the inverse of this. This is the inverse. They're, they're 
uh, opposites, okay? And uh, the mark of the beast is also received in the forehead and also in the hand, of course, but the mark of the beast is in the forehead. The seal of God is in the forehead. The seal of God has to do with worship because the servants of God actually worship God. Now let's look at this connection just briefly here from Jesus himself, Matthew 4, 10. Then saith Jesus unto him, that's unto the devil in the uh, wilderness of temptation. Get thee hence, Satan, for it is written, thou shalt worship the Lord thy God and him only shalt thou serve. So serving God is equated with worshiping God. So when the servants of God are sealed in their forehead, that means they are the worshipers of God, the worshipers of the true God, him only. They, they, they are his servants. They worship him. They don't worship any other God. They don't worship a false God. They most definitely don't worship the dragon who through deception is using the beast to force this uh, false worship, this deceptive worship over the whole earth. Now, those who worship the true God, the servants of God, they receive the seal. The opposite of that is those who do not worship the true God. They worship someone else. They worship something else. They accept someone else in his place. They therefore receive the mark of the beast, which is the inverse of that. It's an issue of worship. It's not an issue of, uh, did you take the vaccine or not? And if you take the vaccine, you've gotten the mark of the beast. Don't be distracted and forget what prophecy reveals to be the real issue. It's an issue of worship. And we're seeing that that is the agenda really of, of Rome. This, this, is who they, this is who they are uh, promoting. We see that from the encyclicals of the Pope as we are just reading. So serving God is to worship him. And uh, we see that this is identified clearly also in the book of Revelation. Here is a group of people who receive the seal of God. The servants of God who worship him are mentioned in Revelation 14, verse one. And I looked and lo, a lamb stood on the Mount Zion and with him 140 and 4,000 having his father's name written in their foreheads. Such a beautiful verse. Of course, this goes on to tell us that this is the 144,000. Well, it says it right there, but it tells us the description of the 144,000. But they have something in their foreheads. The servants of God receive the seal of God in the foreheads. Here we're told the 144,000, what they have in their foreheads is the father's name. That tells us straight away that the seal of God is the Father's name. In other words, this is who they worship. This is the true God, God the Father. His name written in their foreheads is not literal, but it shows that they understand who they worship. They know who they worship. His name is in their forehead. They're familiar with him. They know him by name. He knows them. There is a relationship. There is a connection. They are sealed with the seal of the living God. They are his worshipers. So the mark of the beast is the inverse of that. And like I said, we, just, we, saw the, we saw just this week uh, a fulfillment of how this deception of worship is being promoted and pushed over the whole world. It's public now. It's, public, it's, it's in the inauguration service of the most powerful nation in the world with, with a Jesuit priest, of all, a Jesuit priest praying there, a Jesuit priest. Now, this is historical. This is the, Joe Biden is the second Catholic uh, president, right? Pope Francis is the first Jesuit pope and now we have a Jesuit priest praying and he invokes the Trinity and this collusion between these two parts. I don't know how many times I, I need to say to spell it out. Can you see prophecy fulfilling? Are, are you seeing what's going on? Are you seeing what the issue is all about? And yet people somehow miss this and they say, well, no, 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 no. The God you worship cannot be an issue in the last days. No, no. It's only about which day you worship. Well, that is really to diminish the issue so much and to treat it as such a shallow thing. Do you know that... Uh, there was a whole nation of Jews who worshipped on the right day, but they did not have the right God and they were destroyed. You realize that? Worshipping on the right day alone is not enough. 
you need to have the father's name in your forehead. You need to be sealed with the seal of the living God. And the only way you can be sealed is if you are his servant, if you worship him, not someone else, not a deception, not anything or anyone else. That's the, that's the warning. That's the danger <coughs> here that we're talking about. So the false God is pretending to be the true and trying to force everyone to worship him. This is the interesting thing. Force is going to be used. Force, some kind of a pressure is going to be applied, whether it be a, a pressure through social restrictions, through this or that or the other, some kind of pressure is going to be applied to receive the mark of the beast. And we it spells it out. There is uh, economic pressure where you can't buy or sell. You can't engage in, in uh, say, services or, or uh, you know, uh, privileges of society unless you actually receive this mark. That's coming. That's happening. It's shaping up all around us. Actually, what's going on around us with all these uh, global agendas that are being pushed and restrictions is like setting up the mechanism of enforcing the mark of the beast, which is going to be a religious issue that has to do with worship. The false god pretending to be the true is seeking worship, seeking acknowledgement. That's what it really is all about. Acknowledgement, recognition, worship. Because worship is not just when you bow down and worship and pray to it. You know, a lot of people worship by acknowledging, by recognizing the great power and authority of the beast. Actually, in the book of Revelation, it tells us how they worship. It says they worship the beast saying, who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? Ponder that for a minute. It says they worship the beast saying, and they don't, they don't offer a prayer. It doesn't say they worship the beast and they fall on their knees and they pray to him. No, they worship the beast saying, who is like unto the beast? Who is able to make war with him? That is considered worship. To hold in high estimation, in regard, influence, to look up to, to follow, to emulate, to take what is being said seriously, to acknowledge it, is a form of worship. And the dragon has a plan to deceive the whole world over worship. The Trinity is right there in the heart of it. We are not making this stuff up. You honestly cannot make this stuff up. We understand this because prophecy reveals this to us. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if we did not have the light of prophecy to, uh, to, to, to open up? And, and reveal to us what's really behind the happening behind the scenes. There are so many people in the world who do not have the light of prophecy. They don't know. They don't understand. That's why we have a mission to share. Now, the two practical points I want to leave with you here as a result of this. Uh, the first verse is in Mark. This is what I want to emphasize, practical takeaway. Mark 12, verse 29 and 30. And Jesus answered him, The first of all the commandments is, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. And thou shalt love the Lord thy God with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind and with all thy strength. This is the first commandment. Brothers and sisters, this is my appeal based on that. Everything is shaping up before us. The end is upon us. Let us indeed follow and implement the first commandment. Let us love God supremely with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. What does that mean? Make sure you have an active living relationship with God. That's how you receive the seal of God. Now, when Jesus says here to love God with all the heart, soul, mind, and strength, this is way more than just a, a mental assent or a knowledge about God. You know, you might say, well, I know and understand the truth about the Father and the Son, for example. That's good and well, but that does not necessarily mean that you love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. This is my challenge. We are at the end. It's, it's all happening all around us. Our only safety in the last days is to make sure that we have this active, living, loving relationship with God to be true worshipers of him. That is how you can receive the seal of God. This is my uh, number one appeal and, and challenge, really. How is your relationship? Uh, don't trust in knowledge. 
Don't trust in information. Don't trust in, in uh, interpretation, in understanding prophecy a certain way. The only thing that really matters, the first commandment, according to Jesus, is to not just know that the Lord our God is one Lord, but to actually love him, to have a relationship with him, with all your being. In other words, your number one priority, your number one thing in your whole uh, life, in your whole being, is really to be with God, to love him, to, to give him your all. This is number one. So this is my challenge, my number one uh, takeaway and challenge to you. Because uh, if, you're, uh, if you're worried about, uh, you know, vaccine or worried about restrictions, here is a greater thing to worry about. Worry about not loving God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That is the greater worry. This is what we really should be concerned about. This is what we need to make sure our priority, is, number one, is in its place. And if you're worried about, you know, speaking out against uh, this, that, or the other, guess what? Here, here, is, here is the issue right here. It will, there will come a time, very soon, it's already upon us. Like we saw this article from Cardinal Bo, anti-Trinitarian, speaking against the Trinity is a greater danger to humanity than even the virus. Well, so the only way to navigate that is if you truly have this living connection with God. Jesus had it. That's why he could go to the cross. That's point number one. Point number two uh, is actually the second commandment. Loving our neighbor as ourselves. What does that mean? I, wanna, I, wanna, I don't want to just say that as a cliche. I want to say it in the context of Revelation 14. Uh, Revelation 14 uh, tells us how we can actually love our neighbor as ourselves. Here it is. And this is lesson number two from what we're talking about. Revelation 14, 6 and 7. And I saw another angel fly in the midst of heaven, having the everlasting gospel to preach unto them that dwell on the earth and to every nation and kindred and tongue and people, saying with a loud voice, Fear God and give glory to him. For the hour of his judgment is come, and worship him that made heaven and earth, the sea and the fountains of waters. We know this as the three angels' messages. Beloved to all of us. Maybe you've memorized it, you can recite it, rattle it off, off uh, you know, <laughs> the top of your head. Fantastic. This is the second commandment. What does that mean? Loving our neighbor as ourselves is to declare the truth and reveal the deception bravely and firmly. This is what it means when it says, another angel flying in the midst of heaven, and he preaches, or he, uh, he says, with a loud voice. This is where the title of our study comes from, the angel and the dragon. This is the angel we're talking about, and the dragon, we saw the dragon that gave the power to the beasts in, in Revelation 13. This is the contest in the last days, the dragon and what he's doing, and the angel. Now, we understand that this angel is symbolic. It's not going to be a literal angel flying in heaven. It's symbolic of people, the group of people who will have a message that will be declared in the, in, in the world with a loud voice to call people back to the true worship, to uncover the deception, to bring people to the true worship of God, which is the real issue, the real contest. Now, the angel here is represented. And if you want to be one of the people who are represented by this angel, the interesting thing I find, again, some highlights here. The angel says with a loud voice, right? With a loud voice, fear God. He doesn't say it with a timid voice. He doesn't say it with a low voice. He doesn't mumble under his breath. He doesn't say it with a politically correct voice. He says it with a loud voice. What does that mean? There are so many people today who, are, <laughs> who have watered down the first angel's message and the preaching of the three angels' messages till it's become a non-functional thing. To, to, to make sure you preach politically correct, uh, you know, don't speak against this and don't speak against that. And, and this is hate speech and all you're speaking about Rome and the Trinity. This is hate speech. This is intolerance. Uh, and, and we shouldn't do that. And we should just be nice and friendly with each other. And thereby, they've actually diffused the, the, the prophecy and, and made it of non-effect. That's why we're still here to a large degree. Now, the angel says it with a loud voice. Now, I want to add to that is doesn't mean as he says it with a rude voice, with an obnoxious voice. With a, with a hateful voice. This is a message of love, but brothers and sisters, it needs to be shared publicly, 
boldly, loudly. This is what it means. It says saying with a loud voice and he's preaching to everyone. Let us first lesson number one, make sure we have a right connection with God, a living connection where we love God with all our heart, mind, soul, and strength. The true God, the God of the Bible, the contest is, is, is at hand. And number two, let us share the truth boldly, fearlessly, with a loud voice. Now, we need to exercise wisdom, divine wisdom. I am not saying go and be obnoxious about it or speak loudly in the middle of a church service, for example, and be disruptive and annoying and say, oh, it's a preach loudly. The, the speaker said we need to preach boldly. You need to exercise divine wisdom. But the point is, don't be afraid about it. Don't try and hide it. Don't try and, and think, oh, well, maybe later. Later when? We're, we're, we're right here right now. People are getting caught up in the deception. The fact that such a message is sent from heaven, tells you the extent of the global deception that exists. If God is sending a message on a global level, an angel representing a movement, a group of people who will preach with a loud voice to all the world, it tells you that the deception is all over the world. The whole world needs to hear this. And we think, you know, there's a few of us who know and understand the truth. Well, what are we doing about it? So this is my challenge. This is my appeal to you today as a result of what we talked about and what we share. These practical two, uh, two lessons. We see where we are in the stream of time. We see where we are in prophecy. We see prophecy fulfilling before our eyes. The issue is over worship. Let's stay focused on the real issue. Let's stay focused on making our relationship with God our priority, our number one priority. Love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. And love your neighbor, your brother, your sister, as yourself. How? By sharing with them the truth of God's word, particularly the message that says, fear God and give glory to him and worship him. Don't fall for someone else. Don't get caught up in the deception of worshiping someone else or something else. And don't be worried if one day they will come after you for speaking against the status quo or speaking against the majority and, and accuse you of hate speech and so on and so forth. That's what they did to Jesus. Jesus says you are to expect that a servant is not greater than his Lord. The only way you can endure and withstand that if you are, is if you are connected with God. Brothers and sisters, let us indeed this year be the angel that speaks with a loud voice preaching this message of truth. The, the, the hour is late. You know, if, if people are not interested in hearing, no problem. Find someone else. You know, you, if people are closed off, there, there's, there's more. There's kindreds, nations, tongues, and people who are caught up in this deception. I'm, I'm finding it hard to, re to really express. It's, it's such a global thing, global reach. It sounds crazy to people when you start sharing some of these things. This is how deep the deception is. So this is my challenge. This is my appeal. Let us indeed be a fitting fulfillment of this angel that is symbolized as flying in the midst of heaven. This is the angel. And this message of the three angels is what takes on the dragon and his deception and uncovers it for the world and for all the, those who are willing to heed it and thereby escape the mark of the beast and actually receive the seal of the living God. Will you be such a one? That's my call. And that's my appeal. Let's pray together and ask the Lord to bless us towards that end. Father in heaven, I just pray that you will give us divine wisdom not just to discern what's happening and make sure we understand it, that, that we are all ready and set and safe and well, but divine wisdom, how we can share with others who are not seeing it, who are not prepared, who don't understand what is going on. I just pray for this power that is promised in your word, that you will pour out uh, your power. An angel in Revelation 18 represented as coming from heaven with great power and the whole earth is lightened with his glory. I pray that you will lighten the earth with your glory, that you will help us to come up to that standard to be where you would have us to be that you might use us in how you see fit i pray you'll forgive us for our uh, faithlessness for our waywardness where we held back and i pray you will give us the boldness and the wisdom required to speak a word in season 
uh, not to uh, offend, not to be uh, obnoxious unnecessarily, but to speak the truth in love because the hour is late. We thank you that we see the words of prophecy fulfilling. We thank you that we know as we see this, that your word is true. I just pray that you will revive our experience and our walk with you, each and every one, that we might indeed be your true servants and receive that seal of the living God. I pray this with thanksgiving and we trust that it is possible for what Jesus has done and we pray this in his name and His for his sake. Amen. If you were blessed by this message, remember to subscribe and share it with others. We're available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and wherever you listen to podcasts. Your prayers and support are appreciated. May God richly bless you through His Son, Jesus.